idea of a pulpit. I do not take it lightly to be at this pulpit. And as I wrestled with several scriptures this week, I just told your pastor right before we got here, I changed the text. And she's like, okay. Let me go tell him to not put the slide up. Um, and I don't know, and, and I did give that disclaimer before I started. I'm like, it, it, spirit moves in a very... I feel almost erratic way with me, but I do have a belief that God is wild and untamed. And if I'm going to follow and be a disciple of God, it is an extreme sport. Yeah. I'm going to be asked to hand glide, jump, leap, swim, and do things that absolutely scare me. So I want to say thank you for this honor. If my voice gets a little scratchy, I'm recovering from pneumonia. And so still some residue of, of recuperation. I want to thank um, the lovely people. My family showed up, and then I have family and love circle here. Um, but my mama and my sister and my son, who's 15, should no small matter. <laughs> and to my beloved love circle who's here today, you know who you are. And I may call you out in the sermon anyway. <laughs> I changed the text because in the lectionary, lectionary is like this, where they give you the scriptures for the week, um, for what you want to preach on. And oddly enough, there's an apocalyptic scripture for this week. Wow. Apocalyptic on Advent. And I said, I don't understand. <laughs> How are we going to talk about apocalypse when we're waiting on Jesus, the birth of Jesus? So I wrestled with God a little bit on that. And maybe the signs of the times of expectancy are not very different from each other. You've got to be prepared. And you don't want God to catch you unprepared. So I decided I'm going to um, just to begin with, may God move in my words today and may you hear God's voice speak to you, not mine. Recently, I was at my son's game. Ronan said not to mention him, but that never works for a pastor's kids. <laughs> I was recently at my son's game, and um, they're a young team, almost all freshmen, who are varsity because of the way that it worked out. Well, anyway, this team was blowing them out by 50 points. It was 33 seconds left of the game. We were 51 points behind. And the coach calls a timeout. The coach calls a timeout. And we're all like, what are we timing out for? And, and, so my, and my brother was like, are they going to get 50 points in 30 seconds? What's happening? And the coach brings them in and he says, I just know, wanted to know if you needed a break. To which my son afterwards said, nobody needs a break, just get this over with. <laughs> I want to talk to you today from the scripture, Mark 13, and my title of my sermon is, Watch the Clock. Watch the Clock. And I'm not going with any clock. I'm going, watch the clock. Now, Mark 13 is apocalyptic scripture that is meant for you to read in Advent season. 
Verse 24, Mark 13 through 24. But in those days after the tribulation, the sun shall be darkened, the moon shall not give her light, the stars of the heaven shall fall, the powers that are in the heaven shall be taken. And then shall they see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and glory, and then shall God send God's angels to gather. I'm going to stop right there in the text. When I was on the, uh, coming back now, my mother will tell you that you never want to give me the center seat on an airplane because I love talking to people. <laughs> and it just so happens on my way back of an eight-hour flight, I happened to be seated next to a watchmaker. And then I was seated on the other side by a French artist. And I began this conversation with them, and I found out that the measure of time and the study of measure of time is called horology. Y'all probably know that. I did not. Horology. H-O-R-O-L-O-G-Y. Horology. The study of the measure of time. So today, I'm going to ask us to do and to move in holy horology. Okay. I'm going to say that there's not a clock in time that we've created that measures how we're going to measure time as God's disciples is different. Do you know when they first couldn't measure time, they did it by what? The sundial, the sun. Second, when the sun got cloudy, what did they use? Water clocks. I bet you know you were coming for a time lesson. <laughs> then hourglasses, then oil lamps, then you got longitude and latitude and how time with that. But I'm telling you today that we are talking about the measure of time where God asks you to be watchful to the clock. Now, having spent half my life in bleachers watching games, I realize that we as people think we control time. We can stop time. How does the clock just stop? How do we do daylight savings time? How do we save time from itself? What, what are we doing? We're going to save daylight? People actually think we're going to save daylight. We have a lot of ways of moving and measuring time, but I'm telling you, in the Advent season, there's a way in which we move in holy horology where we're going to measure time differently. I'm even going to say that your soul has a holy time. I'm going to say that Advent, while being the expectation of the birth, the waiting time is dark. I look at Advent, and I remember when we recently, the Reverend Dr. Donna Coltrane Battle and I were giving, who I deeply love, were giving a, a retreat to chaplains, and one thing they said they wanted to remember was that death is sacred. When I look around at fall, and be careful, this scripture will talk about the fig trees and the leaves. What do you see around you? Reds and greens and yellows. It's beautiful. It's also the sign of death. It's also the sign of dying and changing and letting things go. It's also this, do you realize that the beauty of this season is in the trees letting things go? It's in the shedding. It's in like, let it go. I'm talking about an advent that moves to hope, yes, but what's the shedding in our life? What's the vibrancy of us listening to our internal clocks that tell us when to let stuff 
about quitting. Best thing in the world is the sound of babies. I'm going to say that right now. I am constantly amazed that when God and the scriptures are talking about both the time before Christ's birth and the apocalypse, so when Christ comes again, there is no sun. So how do you measure time if the sun is gone? How are we, if the stars and the moon measure time and they're darkened and they lose their light, how are you to measure your time then? That's the question I'm asking you. How do you measure your time in relationships? How do you measure your time at a job, in a place, in a season? Do we not believe that we as a people have seasons? Do we not as a people believe that sometimes our clocks are not with God? Sometimes I think when I tell God, oh, I'm meant to be in this place for this many years because that's what society or whatever tells me. God's like, you never asked me what the measure of my time is. You thought you would work at Duke University for a year and a half. Or, no, I thought I'd work at Duke University until I got tenure and did all of this stuff, so it was more than a year and a half. It ended up being a year and a half. And I told God when that time was up because things started to get dark. I felt the shedding of my leaves, but I wanted to fight it. Do you know that a bunch of scientists, because why? Scientists do things like that. They decided to let the redwoods, there was a group of the redwoods that they wanted to see what would happen if they jumped them full a bunch of adrenaline so that they wouldn't lose their leaves. And what happened is that they shot them full of adrenaline, these redwood trees, and they did not lose their leaves. They did not shed, and the next year all of them died. I am telling you that when you look at Advent and you move to hope, that what if you're waiting season about shedding? Shedding your expectations of what you think Jesus will look like in coming. Shedding your expectations of what you even think society wants you, where everybody's calling you. I, I, I want to say this. The older I get, and at 48 and with hot flashes, I'm telling you something. The older I get, the more I realize that I don't know what will make me fully happy. I'm talking about a holy horology. I'm talking about a time where we are, we're in tune with where God wants us. And that when we're moving out of a place, we can feel it. That when we're moving into a different season, that we honor it. That the shedding of leaves and shedding of things is not a bad thing. It's actually, in fact, in tune with the rhythm of God. I want my soul to be moved to the clock of God. Watch the clock. But whose clock are we watching? Whose timekeeper are we? Who's our timekeeper? And sometimes I've got to tune my clock, take it back, move it forward. Because God's like, you're moving too fast on this, Tima. You must go slow, slower, Tima. Sometimes when I hold a newborn baby of my, my friend, time stops. When they handed me my child in my arms, time stopped. 
we have a hope and the holy timekeeping. Y'all, I've been, I, as much as I wrestled with this sermon, I wanted to say this. Some of us are wrestling with letting go of seasons. That's okay. But you gotta let them go. Okay? Advent is about the darkest before the light. Letting go of who we think Christ will be and show up as so that we're ready for who Christ will be to us. Now, I expect God to turn up a lot of ways in my life. I have a long list. God knows that list. It don't look like that. I'm asking you to be keepers of time, of your time with God. I'm asking you to listen to your soul's time. Watch the clock of your own soul's longing and needs. If this is going to be any season of us hoping, it's going to be a season of us sitting quiet sometimes and just saying, I don't know what this is. I don't know where this is going. I don't know where I'm going. I'm going to sit in the dark just a little bit. And hopefully I hear the tick-tock of you, of the Spirit, and the anointing oil, and come over me and embrace me. Say, it's okay, T. You don't have to know. I got you. Yes, baby, that too. So today, I want to talk about, finish up here. Ronan, I was going to ask you to watch the clock for me. I'm only supposed to preach 12 minutes. I think I'm eight down. Four minutes. Give me four on the clock, Ronan. Verse 32. The day and the hour no person knoweth. But this you'll know. You shall, see the God, you shall see the Son of God. God will send angels. Can I stop right there? Can I ask you in this season to name your angels? When you go to dark seasons, can I ask you? Because I love this part. God will send God's angels. The sun is blotted out. There's no moon. There's no stars. I will send my angels. They're on my time. There's a divine dispatch for you. Come on. So I want to say, if you go through your dark times and you're in this waiting season, I always say there's a work to your wait. Know that God is also sending God's angels. And then I love this next part. And God will gather the elect. I have a sneaking suspicion that my love circle and gathering with them is no short of the elect in my life. I'm going to say during Advent season, and any Advent, doesn't have to be just December, any Advent season in your life, any apocalyptic, and I'm going to say this, and you can, it can be heretical or not, toss it if you don't like it. We're going to have many apocalypses in our life. You're going to live through things that have to end, and it seems big and dark and hard. It's okay because it not, no, it's not always okay. It's not always okay. 
But what I want to ask you to is to look for your angels. And I want you to gather your elect. You are loved. Let me repeat that again. You are loved. There's no darkening of a sun. There's no moon gone. There's no stars falling that will ever change that. And because you are deeply loved beyond your wildest dreams, no matter how dark it gets and how hard you're searching for that hope and how much you're like trying to reach for it, there are angels that are coming before you. There'll be elect people who will be called to your side to say, it's okay, you're going to make it. I'm here with you. And 11 says, watch the tree. I'm watching them. Last of the verse, and I say unto you, verse 37, watch. Watch the clock, y'all. Not any clock. You are holy horologists. I pronounce you. Welcome to your certificate. You just got it. Easiest thing you're going to do. Listen, timekeeping of the holy Timekeeping of the holy, the measure of time that is holy, the measure of time that stops you in your tracks, the measure of time that sometimes has you going faster than you even knew you could, the measure of time that slows you down. May God stay with you as God always has. And I'm going to leave a blessing with you. Can I leave a blessing? And a short story before I leave, because I don't ever leave without short stories. Short story is that I don't like time. My mother is fastidious with time. Mom was taking my sister and I to the airport, and she wasn't even going, no, 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 Mom, you get to have this because this was rough. Mom was going to, Mom wasn't even going on the flight and was leaving without us. Because she's like, y'all going to be late. We're like, how are you not even going on the plane? And you're about to leave and put the car in the street, and we're running for the street. That's my mother. Mother of seven. Single mother of seven. Raised us. Medical doctor. And when I ask her about her time and raising us by herself, Mom, what do you say? How did you do it? By the grace of God. I leave you in the season of waiting. I leave you in the season of you watching your time with God. Knowing when to speed up, slow down, and how grace is going to fill in all the gaps. May you hear the tick-tock of grace. May you hear the seconds of angels at your side. May you hear the minutes of the elect calling to you. And may you, no matter the darkest of nights, know that hope cometh in the morning. And we are a people of holy horology. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.